Hello, Cryptonauts. Today we're reporting for November 13th, 2020. On today's episode of Cryptocurrency Chat, we're going to talk about the top 10 daily stats as well as your crypto news of the day. I'm your host, Blockchain John, and I'm really excited to talk about my new crypto token. So if you want to know more about it, you can reach out to me through the Discord app. All right, so with that said, let's get started. Alright, Cryptonauts, first reminder, we do have a Discord channel available for Cryptocurrency Chat, in which I will leave a link in the description below. If you're interested in collaborating with me or becoming a sponsor, you can reach out to me through that Discord app or through the Anchor app. With that said, let's get started with your top 10 stable coins by market capitalization. Alright, let's see what we have. Starting off with number one, Tether, with a market cap of $19.2 billion. Unbelievable. Second place, USD Coin with $2.9 billion. Third place, DAI with $1 billion. Fourth place, Binance USD with $683.1 million. Fifth place, Paxo Standard with $408.2 million. Sixth place, True USD with $307.9 million. Seventh place, HUSD with $257.7 million. Eighth place, SUSD with $54.6 million. Ninth place, Stasis Euro with $38.5 million. Tenth place, USDK with $32.5 million. Alright, Cryptonauts, that is your top 10 stable coins by market cap. Your overall total market cap is at $564.8 billion, up by 4.7%. All right, let's get started with your crypto news of the day. All right, Cryptonauts, next reminder, we are using Decrypt.co to get our daily news as well as CoinGecko.com to get our daily stats. Make sure you collect your daily candies. With that said, first news coming in from Shaiwa Malwa. Severe bug found in Core Library for Ethereum and ETC. Mining pool two miners recently discovered a bug affecting Ethereum's epoch switch, a term for when the network moves from a set of filled blocks called an epoch to a new unfilled set as per blog post last week. The bug also affected Ethereum Classic, a hard fork of Ethereum. Blockchains, despite what popular culture may compare to mere spreadsheets, are highly complex mathematical structure that depends on several moving parts in order to operate seamlessly. This means any change, upgrade, or new development can spring up unforeseen consequences which are usually accounted for but can still miss the boat sometimes. An upcoming fork on Ethereum Classic, the ECIP-1099 proposal, which cuts down the network's hash rate, Power reportedly caused this problem this time. Two miners found that when the blockchain switched to its new epoch, mining pools were not validating the data despite it being legitimate. Two miners later found the bug to be in the core library used for maintaining both Ethereum and Ethereum Classic. With, with thorough investigations, we have discovered that the math in one of the core libraries used in the many eHash based cryptocurrencies is a little off, the firm said. It explained that the code was using calcul calculations values 
As 32 bits, instead of the required 64 bits, the latter can store more numerical values. Hmm. Well, did they get it fixed? On Ethereum side, the mining company released two pull requests to mitigate the issue. On the on that, Ethereum developers installed on November 11th. An Ethereum blog post published the next day encouraged users to download a patch for both issues alongside a further unrelated cr critical vulnerability. Ethereum's had quite the week. Awesome. Next news, written by Scott Chaplina. Ethereum's malware scam scalps $32,000 in Bitcoin. The Ethereum malware scam has struck again. Today, two Bitcoin was sent to a known, to, to a known scam address. Malware refers to a collective of malicious software that includes ransomware and spyware. It is typically designed to cause extensive damage to, to infected computers or to gain access to private networks. Now, the address using a known Electrum wallet exploits has claimed another victim. A payment of 2.042 BTC was just made to a confirmed malware scan, tweeted WellAlert. The 2.042 Bitcoin was sent to the confirmed malware scam addressed today at 11.06 UTC. According to blockchain.com, the transaction cost a fee of approximately 0.001 BTC or $27. The address that received these funds visible here is noted as being used in the Electrum malware scam. Man, again, huh? Again. When it comes to upgrading, sometimes you're damned if you do. Other times, you're damned if you don't. Oh, man. I want to check it out. Let's see here. Scam report. Malware. Boom, boom, boom. Lifetime earnings. A million dollars. Unbelievable. Unbelievable that people keep sending money to the scam. A million dollars? That is unbelievable. <sighs> Over a million dollars. Jeez. Almost $1.1 million in scam money. That's crazy. Next news written by Tam Copeland. Bitcoin market cap breaks $300 million, billion, 90% of all-time high. As the price of Bitcoin pushed past the $16,000 mark over the last 24 hours, Bitcoin's market cap broke the elusive $300 billion mark, the first time it's done since December 19, 2017, just two days after the cryptocurrency reached its infamous all-time high. At the time, Bitcoin's price touched $20,000 and its market cap was just as high as $333 billion. And now, both figures are closing in on the respective targets. According to CoinMarketCap, Bitcoin's market cap is now just over $302 billion. That means it's, it is it is 90% of the way towards matching its all-time highest market cap value. In contrast, Bitcoin's price is currently $16,290, so just 81% of the way to its all-time high. It makes sense that the market cap is a, is a closer figure and will break its milestone before Bitcoin's price does. This is because a coin's market cap is calculated by multiplying the number of coins and its price. Since Bitcoin's inflation rate produced around 657,000 Bitcoins per year, half that since the halving, its price market cap will continue to rise even if the price is steady. Okay, next news. Written by Liam Frost. Here's why Stone Ridge bought 10,000 Bitcoin. In mid-October, Stone Ridge Holding Group, an asset management company with $10 billion worth of assets under its belt, 
revealed that it had bought 10,000 Bitcoin, currently worth over $162 million as part of its Treasury Reserve strategy. During the breakdown, podcast today, Stone Ridge co-founder Robbie Gut- Gutman shed some light on factors that led to this decision. The fr- fragility of fiat systems. Speaking about Stone Ridge's long journey to Bitcoin, he started on a personal level. According to Gutman, there are three flavors of crypto nerd, and he can relate to all, all of them. The first flavor is cultural. People with the mindset usually have first-hand experience with the fragility of monetary systems and regimes. Gutman's family learned about this the hard way when hyperinflation in Nazi Germany destroyed all of his grandfather's wealth. This makes people appreciate freedoms. And shows what happens when they go away, Gutman noted. Another flavor, it's timing. In this case, Stone Ridge CEO, those uh, those are the people who saw the, w- the world before the internet. The transformative power of the open source networks and Bitcoin is the perfect example of this. Fascinated people and this fascination translates to cryptocurrencies today. The final flavor is professional experience working at Wall Street. Gutman knew all too well about the the made-upness of fiat monetary systems, he said. Yet, this shared illusion that we all buy into is what keeps the world spinning, and this financial crisis of 2008 clearly demonstrated how fragile these made-up systems could be. For me, it's the intersection of those three things, the timing, the culture, and the professional experience that really just yields this absolute fundamental fascination with the idea of an open-source monetary system, he said. Adding as an alternative, at least from my perspective, not a replacement for any of the fiats we have today. Okay, and Bitcoin investment market is poised to grow. Okay, and he added that a much bigger topic is what potentially it means for the human freedom. There you go. Bitcoin decentralized. Next news, written by Liam Frost. Galaxy Digital Bitcoin funds return 17% in third quarter. Crypto asset manager Galaxy Digital, led by billionaire investor Mike Novogratz, reported today that its Bitcoin funds have yielded investors 17.3% in returns over the course of Q3 2020. According to the company's third quarter 2020 financial results, its Galaxy Bitcoin Fund LP, Galaxy Institutional Bitcoin Fund LP, and Galaxy Institutional Bitcoin Fund LTD offered institutional and accredited investors institutionally wrapped Bitcoin exposure supported by vetted services providers. The Galaxy Bitcoin Fund tracks the Bloomberg CFIX pricing of Bitcoin, XBT, and the XBT returned 17.3% in the third quarter of 2020 and has returned 125.7% on a year-to-date basis through November 12, 2020, the asset manager reported. Wow. Bravo. Next news. Written by Scott Cipollino. Bitcoin and the illusion of intrinsic value. The question of whether any currency, fiat, or crypto has intrinsic value has long been the source of controversy and debate. Yet when you really test the idea, it turns out that Bitcoin, much like any other form of currency, has no intrinsic value whatsoever. In philosophical terms, intrinsic value is a property of anything which has value by virtue of its own nature. In other words, something that retains value regardless of how humans perceive it. On the other hand, things with an ex- extrinsic value or in- instrumental value gain their value purely based on the perception of people. But what about Bitcoin? 
does Bitcoin have intrinsic value? Put it this way, are we really saying that a truly independent global network of dedicated equipment on 100% uptime network transferred and storing value between millions of people doesn't have value? Jason Dean, Bitcoin analyst at Quantum Economics told Decrypt. The answer, for Dean at least, is that Bitcoin clearly has intrinsic value, at least in the same way that equities, bonds, and other financial instruments do. He added that there can only be subjective debate over whether the level of intrinsic value is, should we ever consider the important enough to do so. Dean's view has been defended elsewhere. Some argue that Bitcoin is an example of energy currency whose value lies on the resources consumed by its production. Others point to the technology that underpins cryptocurrency, cryptography, and the main justification for in intrinsic value. Awesome. Alright, next news. <clears throat> Let's see. Liam Frost wrote two Bitcoin big investors who sold their bitcoin would be up 40 percent today oh no over the past few months barstool sports president dave portnoy and hedge hedge risk management ceo keith mccullen mccullen publicly announced that they sold all of their bitcoin holdings but both would have made 40 percent or more profits if they had kept onto their bitcoin portnoy foray into the crypto space was short but tumultuous after claiming that he had bought at least $200,000 worth of Bitcoin and sat with and sat with Winklevoss twins in his house in mid-August he announced that he sold it all just a week later when BTC was under $12,000 now I currently own zero Bitcoin I will wait and watch I lost $25,000 just like uh, with the stock market it took my brain time to figure it out I know this the Lincoln Marines are weak and the orchid flowers do die in the crypto world. I may or may not be done, he tweeted at the time. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, they would have been up if they just hodl, man. You got to have a strong hand. Strong hand. So there you go. There you go. Even the millionaires sometimes have weekends. All right, next news. Written by Adriana Hamacher. There's a Bitcoin hidden somewhere on the internet. Here's a new approach to promoting privacy. Crypto startup Incognito has launched an online scavenger hunt with one whole Bitcoin among the prizes. Anyone can get involved by downloading the Incognito app and honing in on its new Quest feature. Quest went live on Thursday and there are 17 clues for users to solve, each earning a chance to win the booty. The prize also includes identity uh, protecting uh, hardware and other privacy gear. Incognito is aiming to raise awareness about online privacy with its new game. The clues lead scavenger scavengers to privacy-related content about whistleblower Edward, Edward Snowden and Ethereum's incognito mode. For instance, when the scannable QR codes are embedded. From November 19th, each QR code found guarantees a chance to win prizes, but only enough to use but only enough users have located the codes for a chest. They require between 10 to 300 users each. They will all become eligible to win. There's some more explanation from Incognito about this here. Okay, well. Next news, written by Will Gatzingen. Bank of England won't protect private banks from a digital euro. Don't expect Bank of England to shield the nation's private 
private banks from the consequences of digital currency adoption. Our job is not to protect bank business models, said John <laughs> said John Cun- uh, Cunliffe, Deputy Governor of the Bank of England, in a, s- a se- seminar today. For a, for a report from Reuters, banks will have to adjust. Our job is to ensure that if bank business models change, we manage the financial and macroeconomic consequences of that. It's a rebuke from Cunliffe to the banks that are expecting some sort of mediation on the part of the Bank of England. Some banks have warned that the central banks of digital currencies are implementing global, globally if they have adverse effects on commercial banks, depriving them of the stable source of funding. The Bank of England has been demonstrating real interest over the past year in developing their own CBDC. In June, the Bank of England established a digital currency task force with the Bank of Canada, Bank of Japan, the European Central Bank, and the... What is this? Severges Riks Bank, the Swedish Central Bank, okay, and the the Swiss Swiss National Bank and the Bank for International Settlements. Anyways, all right, next news, next news, next news. Written by Robert Stevens, the CNBC Bitcoin curse. Why some traders are nervous again. Uh, crypto Twitter is no fan of Brian Kelly, a self-described Bitcoin tel- televangelist who CNBC calls on whenever Bitcoin is doing well. The CNBC curse, they call it, since by the time Kelly is preaching about Bitcoin, it's too late. Bitcoin's too popular. Whales will dump while the masses pump the price up, and then the price will crash shortly thereafter. It's not that Kelly or CNBC crashes Bitcoin's price, but that his presence on CNBC shows that Bitcoin has hit the big time once again. At the tail end of 2017, Bitcoin was everywhere, part of the 24-hour news cycle and the investment of the year. Then the price crashed at the beginning of 2018 and Bitcoin's news stopped circulating among the masses. I think there's an underlying sense within cryptocurrency communities that mainstream media don't understand much about crypto, and by the time that they catch on to something, it is too late, the pseudonymous operator of Millionaire Fiat homepage Matthew told Decrypt. True. True. Next news written by Will Gutzengen. Meet the mysterious NFT whale who dropped $100,000 on fake cars. Earlier this week, we introduced the mysterious anonymous purchaser of likely the most expensive fake race car ever sold. He'd purchased the car last May for more than $110,000 at public public auction as a playable item in a blockchain-based video game called F1 Delta Time. uh, Evidently, the extravagant purchase was a pretty big deal within the niche world of crypto gaming and collectibles, and people within the community... We're just we're starting to ask questions about who who just who would spend that kind of scratch on a virtual car. The mystery the mystery was solved when the buyer decided to come forward, albeit under a name as fake as the car. Meta Coven. It's worth noting, though, as the virtual car is a genuine F1 Delta Time product, and its authenticity is guaranteed by the by its smart contract, according to the Animoca brand spokesperson. Okay, well, does he come out or does he not? Let me see. Da, 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 da. The difference is here. Metacoven told Decrypt, we're talking about the first in-game official F1 car. I believe that this is one of the best collectibles ever. The kind that would pay for itself over and over again. 
Okay. So who are you, Mr. No, never says. He never... Wow, man. Next news. Written by Alexander Behrens. Crypto startup wants to break chain Chainlink's grip on Oracle markets. Who needs Chainlink? Well, most blockchain-based projects that use oracles in order to get external data on their apps. API3, a new Oracle provider, hopes to cut into Chainlink's market share. The startup announced on Thursday the closing of a $3 million seed funding round led by placeholder. The round also drew participations from Digital Currency Group and CoinFund. The funding sh round showed that despite Chainlink's dominance, the Oracle problem is far from solved, and that there's still plenty of debate over the best way to bring real-world data into decentralized application. Oracles are pro providers of external data to blockchain-based applications, which typically require more information to function than is readily available from any given blockchain itself. Since most code for these applications ex is executed automatically via smart contract, it's vitally important that external data is trusted and resistant to manipulation. Okay. Next news written by Jeff Benson. Apple knows when you're sleeping and reports when you're awake. <gasps> what? That sounds that sound you heard midday Thursday when the collective groan of a million Mac users rebooting their super slow computers as Apple struggles with an apparent server outage. The slowdown coincided coincident, coincidentally or not with the rollout of Apple's new operating system, Big Sur, but Mac users who had yet to install the latest California-themed OS also had trouble getting their apps to work correctly. Ironically, though Apple leans into pro-privacy rhetoric and Big Sur claims to bring privacy enhancements, the problem highlighted a larger issue about uncrypted data. According to Mac developer Jeff Johnson, Macs couldn't connect to, server, to a server related to an online certificate status protocol, OCSP, which is used to make sure a digital certificate is valid. Apple servers couldn't keep up with the server's request. In a recap of the issue, security researchers Jeffrey Paul said yesterday, failures, failure exposed a privacy issue that was already there. <clears throat> it turns out that in the current version of the Mac OS, the OS sends to Apple a hash, unique identifier, of each of every program you'd run. When you run it, lots of people didn't realize this because it's silent and invisible and it fails instantly and gracefully when you're offline. But today, the server got really slow and it didn't hit the fail, the fail fast code path. And everyone's app failed to open if they weren't if they were connected to the internet. Oh, what? So when you're online, Apple knows what apps you're using. Moreover, it sends unencrypted OSCP requests, which internet service providers can see. Well, okay, well, you know, I'm not gonna read the rest of it. I'm just gonna give my two, my two satoshis on this. I remember years ago, what, this is, how long ago? It was a couple years ago, maybe like five years ago, when this, this whole thing came out about Apple and, do, and the way that they're doing this. In order for Apple on the back end to, to, to operate the um, programs more flawlessly, they need to be able to ping which apps are using more move more frequently so that when you reopen the app it's already pre um, like pre buffed preset pre ready to go um, so it's basically 
it, in a sense, it's helping you out instead of using up more data, using up more, um, not only more data, but more like uh, memory off your phone. So that's, from what I recall, that's how that works on the back end. Now, of course, obviously, if people don't want that, then that means they're they're not be forced to use a lot more data. If you have a data plan and you're limited, you're, you're kind of out of luck on that. Also, if you have a limited amount of memory on your phone, well, you're out of luck on that again. So it's sort of an advantage for them to be able to. They purposely they they, they try their best to give you the best performance for what they're able to, to build at the time. So that's the way that works, from what I recall. That's my two Sotoshis. And with that said, Cryptonauts, we are done for the day. So with that said, Cryptonauts, uh, hopefully I can, I can chit-chat with you on Discord. Um, there's a few Cryptonauts out there chit-chatting. Um, and yeah, I'll catch you all next time. Adios.